The reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. C. Victor Herman III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. Vic, before we start, man, I got to get something off my chest. I am not a fan of the time zone change. I am not a fan. Bro, I'm still tired. I feel like it's later than what it is. Oh, it is, but it ain't. My body don't know what it is. So, bro, help me out, man. Come on. Let's be like Hawaii. Let's be like Arizona. All jokes aside, I don't like the spring forward. I don't like the fall back. I don't like the daylight savings time. I'm not a fan of it because it usually takes me about two weeks to get acclimated to the change. That's just me. And I don't know. I'm certain studies have been done, whether or not it's valuable or the effects that it has on the body. But I'm getting too old for change. That's what it is. I just am getting old, bro. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Bro, what you're telling me, it's like doing a cross-country trip but didn't even leave your house, so you got jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, that's always been, you know, what's always funny about time change is that usually in the past, it is like highly marketed. You hear about it before you go off to school or something. I actually forgot it's going to be time change. If it wasn't for a smartphone that did it automatically, I don't know what I would have known. I would not have known. Uh, yeah. The only way I found out is because I turned on Sports Center at Atlanta Hotel as my son and I are about to leave Atlanta. And it said, hey, guess what? Time has changed. And I was like, dang, how did I miss that? I was out and about Thursday night through Sunday morning. And had I not had my phone not adjust, I would have missed my plane. So uh, it, it's definitely one of those things. Will we ever get used to it? It happens twice a year. Sometimes it sneaks up on you. But one thing I do like about the fall, I feel like I get an extra hour of sleep. But it's when it comes down late at night where you're like, why am I so tired? It's only 7 o'clock at night. So, But I love your rant. I love your rant. So, baby, other than that, man, how was your football weekend? How was your football week? What stood out? What upset you? Like, where you at, man? Well, let's start off in the college uh, world, if you will, USC, uh, and anybody that's been a fan of this show, they know bro, we represent just about everything Southern California. Uh, and USC certainly has let me down. So let's start with that. Uh, Colorado, uh, they have shown what it is to step up to the big league. So if you're a Buffalo fan or even just interested in what's going on with Dion and his sons and uh, Colorado Buffaloes, it's not disappointing, but it's like now that the world has crashed on you. Okay, the reality has set in. So I wanted to make sure I give them just as much love late as I did early. 
Yeah, they were started out three and zero, but they haven't scratched since. So that's where I'm at. And the college level, uh, you, we, I know you got a chance. You follow you LSU a little bit, and I know they had a battle down there. Uh, so I, I'll toss it back to you, sir, and certainly want to hear what you thought before we go into the NFL. But let's stay in the college world for a minute. Look. Ding dong, the witch is dead. The witch is dead. The witch is dead. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. Hey, look, as much as I love USC, I am an all uh, that is my alma mater, class of 98. I don't want to see subpar football. Right. It, it, it is one of those where I love my team so much, I wanted them to lose. Why? Because I don't want them getting a false sense of, of uh, reality or security that we have a great team. Great offense, bad defense. To me, that does not equal great team. And when you score 42 points and still lose, when you score 50-something points and still lose, when you have a lead in the likes of a Colorado who's in the middle of a rebuilding, almost beats you in overtime, come on, man. I don't. I understand loyalty. Look, you and I are both retired military vets. We understand what loyalty and teamwork means. But doggone it, this is the Pac-12, baby. And why, if if would Lincoln Riley believe that his standard of play in the Big 12 would translate well into the Pac-12 when they score, and it's all about who scores last in the Big 12. Pac-12 don't play that. Big 10 don't play that. SEC definitely don't play that. And that's why you have very few big, when's the last Big 12 team to win the championship? When you have... Lincoln Riley come there, and in the first year you have a Heisman Trophy winner. And all the expectation that that next year you all should be something to be feared in the top five. You started the nation at top five. Now you find yourself out of the top 25. Why? Because your defense sucks. A 7-3 record, you had the Heisman, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner crying in his mother's lap. I don't say that figuratively. I mean that literally. The man was crying in his mom's lap because he knew he gave it all he could all season. The stats will show, and while the stats look great, you're on a you're on a subpar team. You have two more games left in the season. You can easily end this end the season seven and five. Seven and five, really? A team that has the reigning Heisman Trophy winner seven and five. Why? Because your defense is raggedy. So I'm glad that we fired. It could be the pressure, could be because I don't think Lincoln would have done on his own. He's feeling what it feels like to be in a very in a in a real competitive conference and a team and a school that has high expectations. So that actually may have been the low light for them losing, but it's a highlight that the defensive coordinator got fired. Say I ain't trying to take any food off anybody's plate, off anyone's pockets and food off their plate. Right. But come on, man. It's unwatchable. It was unwatchable. Yeah. So I, I, I watched the game and so disappointed. You you mentioned what the offense can do. And Lincoln Riley, he's a I don't want to call him a genius. He just has firepower when it comes to the offense side. Very creative, you know. Uh, and then you got I want I want I want the fans to understand that football is a very emotional game. So when you see Caleb Williams, at the end of the game, he jumps into the stands, he jumps into his mom's lap, head on her bosom, and then he, he just he's just crying, he's bawling out. And what is the problem with that? 
the good Lord gave us tear ducts for a reason. We, we, we can use them. Let's use them. But let's not forget, it's an emotional game. You go out, and if you guys have played football before, you know the pre-game speech. It's all about kill them. I'm ready to spit out bullets and, and nails, and I'm going to get them. And then you lose the game. I'm going to assume that Caleb Williams is balled out. You talk about the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I thought he was on the road to winning it back-to-back. -back. Okay, maybe... There was a game against Colorado, a game against Notre Dame. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wasn't Heisman consistent throughout this year. I get it. But you don't stop. You reset. And he's doing that game in, game out. He's balling. When you count for four touchdowns, you know, including a run, you're balling. So it's an emotional game. He's giving his all. And, and, and I can only imagine, and I can put myself in his shoes, when you have done your best and then you look around you or look on the opposite side of the line, you look at the D coordinator, you look at the D players and you can't even fault the D players because it's got to be the scheme because these guys can ball, but they're just not executing. And so somebody has to be the ball guy. You say you don't want to take food off anybody's plate or money out of anybody's pocket. No, he's going to be well compensated and he'll get another job. He will get another job. However, However, it's a win-loss league. This is big time. If you don't win, you lose, okay? And if you lose, you need to look for another place of employment. That, that level of play is acceptable, not in the Pac-12 and not at USC. So the D coordinator gets fired. I'm going to tell you something else. Lose another game, Lincoln Riley. Lose another game. Yo behind needs to be warm right about now because you cannot fault the players and you're not going to fire the players you're next get it together lincoln riley it's not about kinship or friendship right now it's about execution and you need leadership in there and it needs to come from the d side and get it together get the d at the level that the offense is then we can have a different conversation sad thing is his record is the exact same as clay helton but they fired after two years. So, like you said, great that Lincoln can make Heisman Trophy winners, but at the end of the day, SC would rather go without having a Heisman Trophy winner and have a couple national championships. So stay tuned. But I think, again, it's great to see that there has been a leaf turned. Now, how well will that will this will this movement, will this change take place? Well, only time will see. But they got to get somebody in there that can stop somebody's nosebleed because what they did last week and this whole season, last two seasons, has been beyond uh, beyond our expectations. And USC waited a long time to get quality head coach and a quality team. And so to have this, and this is a failure of a season, lose against UCLA. Lose against UCLA this season. Mm. And uh, that means it's 0 for 2. Loss against Notre Dame and UCLA in the same season, that's never that never goes well. Yeah, uh, I was waiting for you to mention that UCLA is the now it's the big game. It's may, may as well be your bowl game. It may as well be your bowl game. So uh, I, I would expect that he will probably be dismissed if he were to lose that game. Uh, sad, sad to say. Brother Colorado, um, I, I certainly wanted to hear your take, your thoughts on him. Uh, here's my take. 
Dion is Dion. He's a great marketer. He reminds me a lot of Ali, where he opens his mouth and he's, he starts making money. He, he's, he's that good. Uh, he's good at what he does. And he's done very well in Colorado, even though he's not winning anymore. After those three games, he's what, three and what, five, I believe it's what it is, or three and four? Four and four, four or five. Yeah. Four and yeah. five, is that what it is? Okay, so he's, he's still gonna be deemed a success. It's still gonna be deemed a success. He's gonna have to build on this. His son, uh, Shadur, the quarterback, watching him play, he's just holding on to the ball a little bit too long. It needs to be tick, tick, gone. Maybe tick, tick and a half and gone. He's a playmaker. But when you can hold on to the rock, man, down at the HBCU, you might be able to get away with it because you're one of the superior athletes. Brian, you're in the Pac-12 now. And you got D linemen weighing over three bills going as fast as you are, and you just can't shake and move like that, okay? So you need to make a decision. You need to read a little bit faster. And if it's film study you got to do, you need to do it. I love his talent. I love his confidence. I'm talking about the quarterback. I'm not talking about Dion. I'm talking about the quarterback needs to have that confidence, but he needs more study and to be a better person, better player, excuse me, he needs to really just get the ball out and or make the decision to throw the ball away. So his decision-making is, is, is questionable when it comes to just holding onto the ball too long. That's my only criticism I have. I don't think, I did not expect the man to, to, to win the pack. Well, I didn't expect that. Matter of fact, they've exceeded my expectations, but no, it's about growth steps. And every day, every game, you should be looking to get better. And that's where they need to improve uh, in decision-making and the quarterback in particular. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a successful season. I don't, I hope that Colorado did not think they were planning to win in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, but I believe they had a successful season. Yeah. I also believe that Dion is recruiting for next year, not for this year. I think he believes that that clock starts next year. So yeah. to show that his system works, boom. And I love that he's as honest as he is. He talks about what's wrong with the line. Well, they'll find a new job next year. Pretty much we're going to the portal. So I love that he still remained consistent. Uh, when he took over the team in the spring, he said, hey, guys, some of y'all ain't going to make it here next year. You probably go, need to go in the portal. So I love at least the energy he has shown his team. If you don't have what it takes to play here, I'm not going to have you back here next year. I don't care what scholarship you sign. And so that also levels the playing field for coaches as well as players. I want an opportunity to play, go in the portal. Hey, you're not showing up, I'm going to drop you in the portal. So I think it's a great retention tool as well as a recruitment tool. And so Dion, I believe he, 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 he cracked the code. He found something that can work. Uh, the energy he has around the team, around the university, has been infectious. When you can get Hollywood actors and stars and musicians come out there to Boulder, Colorado, and put that city on the map on the map as if it is Miami in, a, in, a, in the mid eighties or LA in the early two thousands or, or Florida States or Auburn and, and Alabama and or LSU. I mean, he has put them on the map. How often has you seen Nick Saban have little Wayne or LSU have 
uh, 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 the rock come out. So when you're still getting star power, that's great because again, he's recruiting for next year. We can beat them down all we need because we know as far as the, the quality of the team, it's, it's, it's a par in the pac 12. It was great momentum moving into the front. He needed those wins. I thought that was awesome, but he's still getting national television recognition. Is it because people want to see how bad it does get? Do they want to watch the show? It doesn't matter. It's marketing and it's working. Uh, so overall, it's a successful season. Uh, do do we start do some in the in the in the sports world place them in that polarizing team like we would the Dukes or the Patriots or the Cowboys? You love to hate them or you hate to love them. What what who who will Colorado beat? And I believe that's what he's getting that sense of that identity uh, and, and what happens next. Um, and again, so now we'll watch those players as they have. Many have had to adjust to the speed of the Pac-12. And they were now, next year, we know they're going to the Big Ten. So uh, it's, it's still interesting to watch. I'm not hanging my head, nor should majority of that team, if they're being real with themselves or who they really are. But I love what you did say. Oh, they're not playing – uh, JV ball. The Pac-12 has shown them. I think they beat only one team in the Pac-12 that is Arizona State, and they barely beat them. That this is what football really looks like in these big Power Five conferences, and uh, they definitely know they have some work to do in the off season. And you wanted to hit on LSU. I didn't get a chance to see the game. So, 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 talk to the fans. Talk to me. What, what, what you got about LSU and the and the game that they had this this past week. So I'm uh, if I look at my football uh, record for this weekend between college and pros, those teams that I that I love, I went one for two. I went one uh, one for three or or one and two. My Ravens won, but my USC Trojans and my LSU Tigers lost. But I would say LSU looked great that first half. Unlike Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly and LSU. Actually, uh, they overachieved last year. There's no way they were supposed to make it to the SEC title game last year. So they overachieved. This year, they probably leveled out, uh, but they had a chance to beat Alabama. That second half, we came out, looked great until it didn't. A couple late, uh, some mistakes, uh, the LSU played out, and, and it really hurt. And then the quarterback got hurt towards the end. But I... I because I'm diehard LSU, I cannot stand Alabama. And so I just really wanted the opportunity to shove it in their face, particularly as they think they can continue to creep up the way and, and always find a way, a political way to get into the national championship discussion. So I really wanted to see uh, Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers stomp a mud hole in Nick Saban in Alabama's ass, but was not able to do that. But I do look forward to next year. Well, I believe now that clock starts ticking for Brian Kelly. Third season, third season, and LSU faithful will not play uh, Connie to another abysmal season. Uh, we know Georgia is the team to beat. They are uh, SEC number one. They are uh, the king of the SEC. Then LSU uh, needs to make that that run again uh, because they were there last year. So, what I want to say is, I admire. The Nick Sabins, the Bill Belichick's of the world, the the, the Popovich's of the world, and and what do they have in common? Age, you know, to, and what does age have to do with it? Well, you know how it is. You tend to we tend to think about 
the older we get, it's time to retire. Sit, sit on your rocking chair, sit on the porch, and watch the sunrise and the sunsets and let your days go by. You know, the best days of your life have gone by. However, we're talking about decades and decades of success. When you have this, this success, like major corporations, you have to be able to adapt with the times. You have to be able to change with the times. And that's where I want to compliment the Popovich's, the Belichick's, and the, the Nick Saban's, is being able to adapt with the times and change with the times. So you may not like Alabama, but I know you respect the hell out of him. I know you respect the hell out of him because of what he's been able to do, to do and sustain it over time. And if, if I know you, if I know us, we respect and love, we, we weren't Larry Bird fans, but greatness. And so even though we may have this rivalry, you have this rivalry with uh, LSU and Alabama, when you look across the field, when you see that it's a Nick Saban team, you're going to have to respect it, but you're going to know they're going to be well coached and they're going to be prepared, ready to go. The other point I want to say is, the playing field is evening out because Nick Saban used to just run through folk. He used to run through them like prune juice. However, he can't do that any longer. When we talk about the Deion Sanders and has star power and you say he's recruiting, guess what these other players and teams are doing? Look at the coach up in Oregon. Have you heard his hype game? Listen, I'm 62 years old and I was ready to run through the wall for the his, his, that coach up in Oregon just because he had me ready to go. My blood was pumping. So it's a lot to be said about the college game and what these coaches have to do being CEOs of their corporations and their entities. But I started off saying respect to Saban, respect to uh, uh, Belichick, respect to Popovich, to be able to stay in the game this long and to be able to sustain success. No, you have your highs and lows, but to be able to sustain it over a period of time. Yeah, I, I'm with that. You're right. I respect, I respect, don't need the like, but I do respect because it's not a flash in the pan. The system he has is working. Uh, and you look at almost a full decade worth of domination or at least being in the discussion. Yeah. Speaking of discussion and domination, NFL. Oh, my. What are, we're at the nine-week mark. Can you imagine it? Nine weeks, man. Nine weeks. So we're halfway through the season. Yeah. Contenders and contenders. Who has stood out to you right now that are clear contenders for playoff and possible championship? And who are the pretenders who you thought were coming into the league this season that had something that you wind up, their bark is nothing like their bite? Who, who, who do you have in there? A very good question. I love the question. Uh, coming into the season, man, I was thinking 49ers because of Brock Purdy's injury in the NFC Finals. They go up against Philly. They don't come through. So I think they've come out a little bit hungry. So I, I pitted them as a lead out of the NFC and still think they're going to be a contender. They're not pretenders. But as the season has evolved, uh, as the smoke gets settled a little bit, Look at what Detroit is doing up there, man. Oh, my goodness. So my NFC contenders, there's only three in the NFC, and that's the 49ers, that's the Eagles, and that's Detroit. Everybody else, pretenders. Matter of fact, I don't even know who else is in the NFC. Everybody else is just playing to get a check, if you ask me. But those three, 
You can't have the last three standing in the NFC. It's going to be those three that will be competing. One of those three will represent the NFC this year. The AFC, I will say this. I did not see um, your Ravens really being this dominant. Man, really, they should be undefeated at this point, if you ask me. And I'm not... Uh, yeah, I'm 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 full of hyperbole. Sometimes I can talk a lot of stuff, but I am looking at Lamar. I'm looking at new OC coming in and his level of play. MVP right now, front runner Lamar. So my three AFC uh, representatives, starting with Baltimore, you cannot ignore the Chiefs, and look out Cincinnati. Uh, I didn't mention Miami because I think that's fool's gold. I, Miami has shown me uh, their vulnerability other than speed. They got speed, and speed does kill. We, we, we get that. We get that. Uh, but they don't have no slap back. Live and in concert, Jeffrey Smith. Billboard Magazine's number one smooth jazz guitarist, Jeffrey Smith, will be bringing his smooth jazz hit music to the New Year's Eve party like never before. It's all happening at the Skyline Entertainment Center, 4201 Skyline Avenue, El Paso, Texas, December 31st. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 9 p.m. sharp. Bubbling champagne, dinner, great DJ music, dynamic dance floor with good people like you and more to bring in 2024. Please don't miss out. To get your tickets for this grand affair, dial 915-241-6457. That's 915-241-6457. Or go to SkylineEntertainmentCenter.com. That's SkylineEntertainmentCenter.com. Check out the main event flyer for more contact information. Tickets are also available on Eventbrite. Jeffrey Smith, live, in concert, New Year's Eve party, Skyline Entertainment Center, El Paso, Texas, experience, Jeffrey Smith. Hey, okay, yeah, that's good, that's good, um, I'll stick with AFC because that's where you dropped off and I'll end with NFC. I actually cannot disagree with those three AFC. I believe the AFC West is probably the weakest, but I definitely agree with you because Kansas City is the reigning champs and they have domination. They have reign over the AFC. I will not pick against them. Uh, they don't need to be dominant and win 15 games every season for me to still fear them because you're talking about a Super Bowl winning coach and a Super Bowl winning quarterback and they're still young. They're, they're, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. And, and I can only imagine them in the locker room saying, team, we've been here before. All we need to do is make it to the playoffs. So I, I they may have the three losses. I Like you said, that's a fool's goal to the positive side. Like, oh, that's just that's just the Venus flytrap that's waiting for someone to think that they're slipping. But definitely I put them in the top three. Oh, you know. You know, baby. Look, I've been hard on my boys all season because I can't. Because they should be undefeated. Lamar should have taken that money earlier so he could learn that offense. But to see what they can do. And why, why do we got to concentrate on Lamar right now? Why do we need to concentrate on Lamar? How about that defense, baby? 
<laughs> we, we talked about it in the green room. We talked about it early in the week. My love for football is defense. I fell in love with football in the late 80s when I could start learning on my own, watching the 1980s and the early 90s Philadelphia Eagles, the Reggie Whites, Clyde Simmons, Jerome Browns, Brian Dawkins, you know, Chris Carters, Randall Cunningham, Buddy Ryan, putting hits out on Joker. I mean, look, that right there had me saying, wow, okay, I like quarterbacks because I had the Joe Montanas. I could watch the Steve Young, the Troy Aikmans. But it was something, man, about physicality that had me hooked. So when I look, I plus that 25, 30 years, and I fall in love with the Baltimore Ravens. Look, we won our championships based off of having a good football uh, defense, right? So to have this quarterback now is amazing. But my goodness, brother, I've waited so long since we since uh, Ed Reed retired, Terrell Suggs retired, Ray Lewis say, will we ever get that type of defense back? Yes, the NFL has has went to this pass-friendly league and offensive-friendly league, and, you know, we understand how you had to change, how to tackle and how to hit. And, and we felt for so long it was rigged against the defense. But, man, I've been watching some ball this weekend. I've seen some hats being laid. <laughs> and if you look at what this defense has done in the last couple of weeks, have not given up more than nine points. So Ray Lewis once said, you let you just you you get us 14 points, we'll do the rest. That's how confident he felt in the defense. They are saying right now, statistically, the Ravens defense is on par with that 2000 team. Dude, look, if you can't get fired up on that, I don't know what you're watching. Because <laughs> You let them boys get loose like they did this last week and embarrass Geno Smith and Seattle Seahawks. And then them same Detroit Lions you said are one of those contenders what we did to them a couple weeks earlier than that. These jokers still have not had their bye. They went out to doggone uh, London and played ball and still haven't had that bye yet. I'm fired up. And to see Lamar, and they have got to give him credit. I love you talking about the MVP. I love that they have to give him credit how smart he is. Because he is truly learning on the fly. Yes. And now that he's cracked the code, he's still getting smarter with this with this offense. So, yes, I had to give a good rant on my Ravens. But definitely I put them as the top contender. And I am with you. Because Joey Burrow is the dude you don't want to run into in the alley at night. And he might have said, y'all should have shot me while I was down. Calf muscle or not. What he's been able to do, they're on a five-game winning streak, bro. So... They are the biggest threat to to the to the Ravens because that's those are demons we got to tackle. And that's a division game. We beat them a couple weeks ago. You and I watched that, and I am very tempted to actually go to that game on the 16th here in Baltimore. But those three teams, I totally agree with you, are the contenders in the AFC. Miami is who we thought they were. They look great on paper, but the people they beat were the people they're supposed to beat. When they go against teams over 500, they're not competing. The Bills, look. Same thing. They, I put them already in Miami's. I think their window has shut. Hmm. I tell you who looks good. I'm not saying they're a contender, but Jacksonville six and two. They're that. They're they're that. They're that. They're that water moccasin that's just slowly creeping down, waiting for somebody to slip up. But just out of courtesy, out of an honorable mention, Houston. They're not a contender. They're definitely not a pretender. 
but they're saying I want to play. And I love what CJ Stroud's doing down there. So that's my AFC. Agree with you totally. Kansas City, Ravens, and then Cincinnati. NFC, man. I I will say, yes, the Niners are a contender, but it's kind of shaky. And I would like to believe, wow, Debo Samuel's that important where him being out has caused him to lose? Or are we saying to Brock Purdy, the pumpkin or the clock has turned uh, midnight and that carriage now a pumpkin? I want to believe in Brock Purdy. But if he's not that guy, how do we all get hoodwinked? How do we get bamboozled? Because I want to believe in him. So, but I still give right now nine-week mark. They're on the losing streak. But they are the team to beat in NFC West. The NFC North, <laughs> them Detroit Lions, man, looking good. They are looking good, and I don't see anyone else, especially now that Kirk Cousins got hurt out of Minnesota. No one else in the NFC North, I believe, can be even a contender. NFC South, I don't even think they want to play enough between who? Uh, Atlanta, New Orleans. I mean, that's the two that I'd even want to think about. Tampa Bay, nah, Carolina, and then we looked at NFC East. Man, I'm surprised you didn't say the Cowboys. Uh, I, you know, I, I definitely will say the Eagles. I know family members are gonna hate on me, but I don't. I'm not. I don't <laughs> think the Cowboys are a contender. I, I don't want to say the pretender because that that's pretty slap. But they I'm, are the Cowboys. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say they're they're on the bubble. Okay, yeah. they are on the bubble, the proverbial bubble. They are, they have the talent. I don't think they have the know-how. And so the know-how is, okay, in game situation, clock management, we, we already know the coach has issues with clock management. And Doc, it's Dak, excuse me, Dak has just got to be able to put the team on his back. And he hasn't been able, he hasn't demonstrated that. So I, I put them on the bubble. Things can fall for them, and then they can, they can probably do well. But... I'm gonna put them. I think bubble. that's a key point. Things can fall for them. That's what makes them on the bubble. Eagles ain't letting things fall for them. They're gonna take it. Right. The Detroit Lions are coming to knock it off. They're not gonna let it fall. And the yeah. Niners, as limped as they are, they come to take your throat. So I like what you said. Things have to fall for them. I they don't they still don't have that killer instinct. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Look, last night's game in particular. The Eagles couldn't gift wrap that game to them any better. Did we learn more about the Eagles or more about the Cowboys? The Eagles tried to give them the game. And because the Cowboys didn't recognize it was falling at them, they couldn't win the game. So any other team would have dusted them off because the Eagles gave that game away and the Cowboys refused to take it. Nah, they don't want no charity. They want to lose it on their own. God dog it. So I'm with you. To me, NFC contenders, Eagles, Niners, Detroit Lions, not necessarily in that order, but those are the three. Yeah. And and, and you mentioned Kirk Cousins, and it made me think about uh, how Mr. Dobbs can go up there and just really just get off the bus. He wasn't even uh, practicing. He wasn't even scrimmaging this, this week. He wasn't even supposed to be the backup. So the backup to Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, if you don't know, tore his Achilles last week. So somebody else was supposed to start. I don't even know his name. He gets hurt. 
So Dobbs goes in, he just recently traded, goes up, and he's it, he and the coach, bruh, I'm watching it. They're drawing it up in the dirt. And he didn't know the signals. He didn't know the play calls. He didn't know, he didn't even know the people's personnel's name. And pull it off. I'm talking about running for touchdowns, scrambling, extending plays, and led his team to victory. That's number one quarterback play that I had to mention when you mentioned Kirk Cousins. And then down in Houston, CJ Stroud, you mentioned, bruh, to come from behind, bruh, I'm just ecstatic about the future of our quarterbacks. And it just shows the value of these quarterbacks. But it makes me think earlier in the year before the season even started, we were talking about the, the, the running backs weren't getting paid because they were getting hurt all so much. Look at these quarterbacks that are hurt. I, I just see the disparity, but I'm in love with the quarterback play of these young guys and to see them man up, gird up, and to be able to show out in the toughest of moments. That's what I wanted to say. But my last point that I just wanted to say, and I'll close out with this, is that happy birthday to you, sir. Happy birthday to my co-host who just celebrated again another lap around the sun. And I salute you today. I had to say that and I want our public to know. Send him salutations. Let him know that you support him. Send him your love. Happy birthday to you, Vic. Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you. As we look to close and in this spirit of recognition, uh, we are coming up into Veterans Day. So, Unc, I thank you for your service, baby, for what you did for this country. Our producer, Steve, I thank you for your service, sir, for what you did to this country. And I got to top it off to my main man, 50 Grand, my pops, our fan, who's known as the fan. This weekend, North Carolina a and and HBCU, my father, C. Victor Herbin Jr., excuse me, Dr. C. Victor Herbin Jr., will be honored into the ROTC Hall of Fame this Friday. Dad, I'm proud of you, man. You did the damn thing. And again, thank you for your service, Colonel Retired C. Victor Herbin Jr., and what an honorable recognition that you will be uh, placed into uh, a legendary status in perpetuity there at the North Carolina A&T University this Friday inducted into the Hall of Fame. Thank you for your service, sir. And family, friends, and all those fans, I want to say thank you for tuning in and another edition of Taking It to the House. As we said this weekend, thank your friends, family members who have served honorably for this country as we celebrate Veterans Day. Check us out on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, all our social media outlets. We love talking with you all. Thank you all. And for another edition of Take It to the House, we out.